Oh no! That just gave me chills. We'll call you DJ Domus. <laughs> <laughs> Fire has uh, made its way to his. Oh, uh, hello! <laughs> Play to win the game! You never know. Welcome back to High Hope Sports Cast. How's it going, JJ? We got uh, early week episode Monday Mania. <laughs> What's up, DJ? Monday Night Nitro taking over the raw spot for the wrestling. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, DJ. I hope we get a lot of listeners and uh, and a lot of uh, leave us a review, leave us a thumbs up, leave us a like, give us a little message. We yeah, are on all nice. platforms. Let's get her going, DJ. Yeah, so... Uh, first things first, uh, we're going to talk about our Wolves. Uh, unfortunately, oh. we did, got eliminated on Friday night in our in our own crib, as Anthony Edwards yeah. would say. Um, I put up a, a visual. JJ will probably be mind blown again by this. <laughs> now that's sweet. <laughs> it's funny, so, DJ. I don't think you meant to do it on purpose, but the three players that will be back are in blue and white, or white and blue, and the player they're talking about just released tonight that they're going to try and find a trade for D'Lo. Did you hear that yeah, news? See, yeah, that. remember beforehand, before the show, I said I had something that I writ, wrote in about the Wolves. Oh, That was yep. it. I keep... I keep seeing that uh, people are rumoring that we're gonna try and trade D'Lo in the off season, and I I don't know how to feel about it. I I, I really like D'Lo, but I, I don't know. It it I guess it all depends on who we can get for him. But I don't know. I I really like D'Lo, so I it's up in the air for me. I don't know how to feel about that. Pardon me for the coffee. I just had to get a little pumped up tonight with some caffeine. <laughs> so we got a little drip, drip going in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, DJ, I, I really want to go to bat for D'Angelo Russell, but the proof is in the pudding. He's been on how many teams already? Started out in L.A., they eventually they moved to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Then he went to Golden State. And get this, the Timberwolves traded a top eight protected pick and Andrew Wiggins for a max player in D'Lo Russell. And now we're moving them? Boy, our front office don't look too smart after that. Right. But, dude, I, I'm loving some Pat, Patrick Beverly. If he brings what he brought this year in the last – in the play-in game and even in the games where we probably should have won like we talked the other night, DJ, 4-1, to one, 
four games to one when we had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter and 26-point leads in the third quarter. and uh, It just made that last game kind of sad for me. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, obviously it's sad. Uh, our team season came to an end. Um, but to go back on Patrick Beverly, yeah, I do – to be honest, he's I I'm I think he's my new favorite Timberwolf over Tat over, really? over D'Lo, yeah I, I'm really liking Pat Bev, you know be, before he was a Timberwolf and I used to kind of hate him just because of how he plays and how he's so vocal and but man is it nice having him on our team, <laughs> yeah. His antics so, are something that you get from a true veteran experience player. Just, I don't know, the way he finesses the referees and, and the stuff he does to the best player on the other team, it, it's unconventional. It might be a little Bush League, but I'm sure glad he's doing it for our Wolves, you know? Right, and it seems like he really loves it here. So I, I, I've i said it before in the last couple of days, and I really hope that he stays in Minnesota until he retires. I, I really like Pat Bev. And well, he's dude, one of the, the, the best. Um, is he God, 31 or is he older yeah. than that? Uh, I think he is in his early 30s, maybe. If yeah. not, maybe maybe his late, late 20s. But, um, yeah, I'm. he's a very good defensive player, and he's a really good leader on the team. I Like I said last episode, if – it wasn't for Pat Bev. I honestly don't think we would have made the playoffs. That's a bold statement, but I, I'd have to agree with you. <laughs> and he guaranteed think, that we were going to make the playoffs in the beginning of the year, and he was right. And he he remembered that statement, too. When we got to the playoffs, he said, I told you we were going to be here, and here we are. Oh, get this, DJ. He's born July 12, 1988. He's 33 years old. He was born in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, he played college at Arkansas Razorbacks, and he spent three and a half seasons overseas in Ukraine, Greece, and Russia. And he joined the Rocket team in 2013 in January. He's only 6'1". I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a shorter guy. I think if, yeah, so he's if he only work, a year older than me. Yeah. Young buck. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel like it some days, but. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. But uh, going into uh, the game six, uh, we lost. Uh, and Did you make that graphic, DJ? Yep, I made it from scratch. God, dang, that is sweet. <laughs> Wow. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we got eliminated. Uh, Grizzlies beat us 114 to 106 uh, in game six. We had another lead going into the fourth quarter, and we we just can't uh, stop the meltdowns in fourth quarters. I, I don't understand. Um, we just can't close out. And like Chris Finch was on the radio this morning, and he, he even said, you know, 
we led 75% of the games, you know, like the quarters through this series and the fourth quarters are just our nightmare. And, and he, he thinks that's just a learning curve and we'll, we'll learn from it and we'll get better. And I sure hope so. And hopefully we're back in this spot next year, but I just hope by this time we're, um, already a game, at least a game into the second round. Um, and then going to, to John Morant and the Grizzlies, I told JJ this, I don't know. It was, I don't, I don't know if it was before game six or before game five. I said, you know, if we lose this series, I, I kind of want to see Memphis take it all, <laughs> but, <laughs> that I my my mind was changed uh pretty quickly just getting just knowing that we did get eliminated by them um made me change my mind and especially what really changed my mind was uh I saw a video on Twitter I think yesterday or the day before and apparently John Morant was uh doing the gritty on our logo after game six now that's just a slap in the face on us and that it's it's uncalled for i mean okay yeah we know that you want to celebrate because you won and you eliminated us but don't be disrespectful about it i i I don't know i kind of respected john morant and how he plays but after that i i kind of lost respect for the guy um I think a lot was made about, or I could make a point about John Morant that him and his dad hanging out, his dad and Carl's dad hanging out all series. That shouldn't have happened. I didn't like it. It was kind of weird. Now I look back at it, I'm like, do you realize how bad a series John Morant really had? Right. I I mean, he wasn't his all-star self. Even he said in the press conferences, this is not jaw. I'm not being jaw, or somewhere along those lines. Yep, I remember hearing that. Too. And I just thought Carl Senior and T Martin sitting together. They did it the first couple games. I don't know if it was a gimmick, but as you notice, time went on. They started separating the last three games. So, well, were they just sitting together when you were there, Game Four? Um, did you notice? I couldn't know. I couldn't. I knew where Cat's dad was sitting, but I couldn't tell. I couldn't see if I could see Jaw's dad. I think they were, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I know that, uh, and I forgot to bring this up last week. Um, you know, that during timeouts and stuff where on TV it would be commercial. Um, two different stuff on, on for timeouts for entertainment for the fans there. And they, oh, t-shirts. Well, Cat's dad was just walking out onto the court. They were giving him t-shirts, and he was throwing them into the crowd himself. And it's like, well, I mean, I did it. Your your cat's dad, but I mean, do you work for the Target Center? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you supposed to be running out onto the court like that? But whatever <laughs> i just thought it was 
is weird, but but cool at the same time. I don't know. I mean, all in all, um, I would say that the Warriors did what they had to do. Game one, they had to <laughs> win game one on the road to make this a series. Because I don't think you can take. Grizzly seven. I think it's gonna go six. I'm not sure who's gonna win it, but yeah. But like it, you said, it also you said before. Of, you, you, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it kind of the the game one, uh, starting off the way it did with the Grizzlies and Warriors. It kind of makes me nervous just because we took game one in Memphis and looked at how our series ended up, but. I, I don't I don't see it going that way with the Warriors. The Warriors are better at closing out games than we were in the playoffs. They're not going to have that 26-point lead and then have a meltdown and lose a game. There's no way the Warriors are going to do that. Well, number one was Steve Kerr as your coach who's been through the ultimate games as a player and now with Golden State. Uh, all much play players – have playoff experience on that team, championship experience, Draymond and Steph and Clay. Um, I, I just, I'd like to see fresh blood, but what after what uh, Memphis claims are so good, I, I really don't think they're that much better than the Timberwolves, to be honest. How about you, no, DJ? I think, we, I think we could have taken the Warriors, but Steph, Steph Curry and the way he gets open and then he didn't just launch it from anywhere and just sink it that i mean and clay the, the splash oh, brothers man clay and, has been playing really well but i think we we could have kept up with the warriors i i don't i'm not going to put my finger on that we could have definitely beat them in a series but we would have kept up with them i mean look at how well been, we did with memphis but yeah you know, it would have been it would have been quite the just... narrative for Cat and to play against uh, his old boy Wiggins. Yeah, that would have, that would have been an interesting series just because of that factor alone. But mm-hmm. even though we should have ran away with the Memphis series, we should, like we said before, we should have won four games one. And if we did it just. Close out the fourth quarters in games. We that's John Morant would be sitting on his couch the rest of this off season. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we definitely should have chopped up with the Warriors. I I, I truly believe that. But <clears throat> um, just to close out on the Wolves here. Um, all in all, it was it was a very good year. Um, we had. I believe double amounts that we did last year. So we had a huge turnaround in that sense. And uh, despite the late in-game meltdowns in the series, it was a really good series. It was very entertaining. Um, Just disappointing a lot of times. But like this visual says, we will be back. I I can I, I can almost man, we will be back in the playoffs. Didn't they all four of them say that in the 
the exit interviews on that what would have been that Monday or that Saturday. Uh, I didn't I didn't catch any of the the press conferences, but uh, I've seen a couple posts. Um, I believe from Ant and maybe Cat saying that they're going to be back. And Ant even said his gym is always open for any of his teammates want want to come train with him anytime. And Patrick Beverly said that he's going to kind of take Jaden McDaniel's under his wing uh, this summer, and he. Uh, God, I can't remember what uh, what player Patrick Beverly trains with. Uh, Jalen Noel, wasn't it? Or was it no. Beasley? It was someone from a different team. Oh, different. Pat Paul George, isn't it? Uh, it might have been him. Either him or Kawhi Leonard, maybe. Well, but yeah. anyways, he said he was going to take Jaden McDaniels, and he's going to. He's gonna have him train with him and see and uh, kind of show him how they do it. <laughs> so look for a big turnaround from Jaden McDaniels next season if he trains with Pat Bev all summer. I'm gonna let you play GM DJ. What kind of trade can we get for D'Lo Russell? Oh God. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know. Is he? I haven't. I haven't really thought about we... it just because I don't really want to get rid of him. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, but if you were GM, let's say you're Suchin Gupta or whatever his name is, Sanchin Gupta. <laughs> I mean, we we got we had to give up a first round pick and a number one overall pick to get D'Lo. Yeah, I don't think we can get that in return, can we? Based I off mean, his do, playoffs, do we get another point guard? Because we I don't got. Know. I mean, we got Pat Bev, and we got J-Mac. Those two obviously have proved that they belong on this team. But Oh, listen, we, you said Jaden McDaniels or Jordan McLaughlin's going to train with? Uh, Jaden McDaniels. Okay, Jaden McDaniels, not J-Mac. Yep. No. Uh, I'd like to have them. I'd love to see the J Mac, Jaden McDaniels, and Pat Bev all work together in this off season. That yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I mean, whatever. I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, I'm looking at D'Lo and I'm looking at teams that need a point guard because he doesn't shoot enough to be a shooting guard. He's kind of a point guard. Yeah, and I think I think if we let Pat Beverly run the point, or I don't know, what is your feeling about Pat Beverly running the point? Um, I don't. I mean, I definitely think he can do it, but I kind of I I don't think I would put him as the full time. I mean, I'd definitely start him, but I don't think I would. Um give that role to him as the, the main point guard like D'Lo is just yeah. because Pat Bev is needed in so many other spots and so many other roles. So. Yeah. I mean, if they trade the D'Angelo Russell and we get a point guard in return, what does that do to Pat Bev's playing time? 
Because I don't think you can play Pat Beverly in the two. And then does well, Ant play the two if D'Lo goes? Well, the, this playoff series, Ant, or Pat Bev was starting at two. Yeah, that's how they put it on the screen, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, DJ. I'm excited, though, for Wolves basketball already. Yeah. And we'll have to uh, uh, come back to this, kind uh, of think about maybe possible deal of trades and talk about it on another episode. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we got some NFL stuff to uh, get to. Um, so like normal, um, before we get to uh, our NFL stuff, I have a trivia question for you, JJ. All right. <laughs> I love trivia. All right. So here's the first one. Who's the only coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks? Oh, this is tricky because it doesn't say three Super Bowls. Well, it yeah, it, it is. It, it it is. It's not the same Super Bowl. It's three three different three Super different Bowls. Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Yep, unbelievable. Who did this? <laughs> Let's think have, for a minute. Do you have any guesses? Well, I, the guess I want to make is San Francisco, but it, that won't be it because I think they only got two different quarterbacks. So I know it ain't Andy Reid. No, <coughs> he's not a he's not a coach anymore. And the last time he did it was uh, Super Bowl twenty six. So there was two Super Bowls before that. Was it Jimmy Johnson? Nope. Uh, was it Shanahan? Nope. You got me on this one, DJ. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, um, I was thinking Peyton Manning did it with two teams, but it was, if it was back in the '26s for Super Bowl numbers, that was a while ago. Yeah, and that was a, the last Super Bowl. That was the third Super Bowl. Um. If that was a 26, number 26, and we're on what what number are we on now, DJ? 55? No, this coming one will be 57. 57. So 31 years ago, I would have been 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it Chuck Knox? Nope. No, Bill Belichick. Nope. Nope. Um, well, I was thinking Pittsburgh Steelers with Chuck Knox, but wasn't Mike Tomlin? Nope. Older than that, Mike Tomlin was probably a teenager or something when. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like Seifert or um, 
Don Shula. No. Got to give me another tip. Uh, tip. Um, his first name starts with a J. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know any hints because I don't. I mean, I don't really know that far back. You know. Can you the give me middle, the team? The the middle. Can you give me one team? Super Bowl. Um, I think the Redskins in the middle. Uh, oh, I know Bowl. who it is. Who? Um, Joe Gibbs. Yep, there you go, Joe Gibbs. <laughs> Joe Theismann, Super Bowl 17, Doug Williams, Super Bowl 22, and Mark Rippian, Super Bowl 26. Dude, he was the coach that long. <laughs> we should have, when Doug Williams made it that year, the Vikings should have beat them. It was the NFC Championship. I was, you probably weren't even born yet. I think <laughs> that was like 86 or 80, I think it was 87. Darren Nelson, number 20, a short scat back, had a pass out of the backfield. He caught the pass and fell one yard short of the pylon. That's how the game ended. We were that close to going to the Super Bowl, and I was just a little young buck, about eight years old. Jeez. That was a good question. Where'd you find that one? <laughs> I don't know. I just I, – I doodled uh, NFL trivia, and I had – there's a bunch of uh... – Different que- or questions or facts, and I kind of made them into questions. So <clears throat> that's where I did them from. Just random huh. site from Google. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, before we get into the first round picks, uh, there's a, a couple things that broke today. Um, one of them being uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, wide receiver for Arizona Cardinals. He got suspended for six games today for violating the um, the PED policy for the NFL. So performance uh, enhancing drugs. Yep. So that's unfortunate. Uh, Tyler will be without his number one receiver for the first six weeks. Um, and then. Uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Uh, unfortunately, the Vikings didn't get him. Quasi didn't listen to us. <laughs> uh, he signed a $33 million contract for three years with the Saints. Um, it's, I mean, it is expected. I, I don't think it's totally been announced official, um, but I've seen contract details so i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen um so kind of sucks we wanted him in purple but i guess he's going with the saints to kind of make sense a, a little bit for him personally just because he went to lsu so look for the secondary to be really good this year with the saints marshawn Lattimore is another big piece there Yep. I mean, that's good for him. He's going to be in his home state to finish yeah. out his career. 
He's been around a while. Mm-hmm. And he still plays at a top tier level. He got he got some scrutiny early in his career too, but he got over it. He got yeah. a ring. Yeah. All right. So next, uh, we're gonna go over um, the draft here. Uh, we're gonna start with the Vikings' uh, first round move, uh, and then we're gonna get into the whole, the full first round briefly. Uh, so the 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 first round the Vikings they had the twelfth pitch, and I don't know we we me and JJ were texting back and forth and we're like uh, I wonder who we're gonna take um, I don't remember who we had our sights set on because Stingley and Sauce were both gone we were thinking maybe receiver or Malik Willis or um, Jermaine Johnson maybe. But nope, they decided. Quasi decided to move down twenty spots and trade with the Lions, a divisional opponent, and they get twelve, which they drafted wide receiver Jamison Williams, and we got pitched number thirty-four, sixty-six. Um, and then they the Lions also got our 46. Well, we got 32, so, DJ. Yep, yeah, 32. Yep, sorry. Yeah, we also got 32. So we got the very last pitch in the draft. So us Vikings fans had to in the first round watch the, watch the full first round to see oh. who our team picked. <laughs> DJ was hot. I mean, oh. literally. You got to tell yeah. me I got to stay up all night and watch all this crap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I was. Yeah, we w- we would not be able to uh, put my text messages on this show. <laughs> it was I I was just steaming. There was steam coming out of my ears and. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and then at 32, we take a, a safety. Lewis scene and I remember hearing it and I was like literally I looked at the TV and I was like what what who who's this guy why why did we take this guy I've never even heard of him I was like oh my god I'm shutting the TV off I'm going to bed <laughs> dude I was so I told you on the show and in, on text and over the phone that we were gonna trade but I was praying for a trade-up scenario, DJ. I was thinking, let's jump to four and get Sauce. If Trayvon falls to below three, let's trade up and take Trayvon Walker. No, Trayvon went one. Uh, the surprise, no surprise with Aiden Hutchinson going two, and I'm like, oh, no. Somebody said something, and my brother said that we were going to take or that he predicted that Derek Stingley was going to be on off on three, and I'm like, no way. I had him at 12. That's who we want. And uh-huh. it seemed like the whole media, Minnesota media, had put their finger on Stingley at 12, that we didn't have no other plan when he wasn't there. And why the heck 
do you trade interdivision not once but twice in the first two right. picks this is rules draft etiquette 101 for your division you do not set your other teams up with good picks and they both yeah, like- got showstoppers at receiver by mm-hmm. the way, Jamison Williams did not look happy. They were showing no, his introduction. Did you see that, DJ? I didn't see the video. I saw uh, a picture on uh, social media, and he, Twitter? he did not look happy when he was uh, when he was holding his draft jersey. He did not look happy at all. Uh, it was like it was him and Aiden Hutchinson. They were introducing with the jerseys, and they were taking. There was four shots. And whoever set up the tweet, social media picture showed his face in all four shots, and it was there was not one ounce of happiness to be catching balls from Jared Goff and being with the Detroit. When you come out of the New England Patriots of the college football world and Alabama, so I don't know. Well, you don't ever want to see a guy be negative about where you land, but uh, some guys were, and I didn't. I felt like I felt like uh, was seen. uh, Did you hear his first comment about football, DJ? That he did it in Minnesota. No, I Paul Allen had him on uh, the the morning after, and he oh really? Yeah, he was. He seemed pretty excited. Um, so his first comment that I caught that was pertinent was he likes legal violence on the field. He's like, nowhere <laughs> else can you get legal. I'm like, this guy's talking about legal violence in his introductory press conference. <laughs> I was like, maybe we got the right guy. Six and- two, 200 runs a four, three forty DJ. Yeah. And I heard, um, Quasi talking about um, when he called scene right before they made the pitch and Lewis picks up the phone and um, well before that Lewis is like hey hey Minnesota's calling me and he picked up and Quasi's like hello <laughs> and Lewis is like hello and Quasi's like this is uh this is Quasi GM of the Vikings and like Lewis is just kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if he said okay or or some or yeah or something, and Quasi said something along the lines of, uh, we're we're gonna we're we're trying to trade chase dreams here. Are you ready to come here and chase dreams with us? And then then it sunk in, and he's like, yeah, 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 I'm excited, I'm ready. So that, that was wow, kind of cool. interesting to. Yeah, I haven't listened to all. They got everything on YouTube, DJ. Uh, all the phone calls Quasi made to the new draftees. So before next week, I'm going to take a look, gander at all of them and see how them all came across because, you know, we traded up two different times in the fourth or for Andrew Booth and for um, a Caleb Evans. I want to hear what he set sold them on that why they traded up to get you know, they felt that they were the, they were his guys and they had to trade up to get him. I, I'm really gonna be impressed with Andrew Booth, DJ. 
Yeah, I I like that pick. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into the other yeah. rounds of the Vikings. Uh, we'll we'll br- briefly uh, go over the whole first round here. So, um, with the first overall pick, uh, the the Jaguars, it was either we knew it was either going to be Trayvon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson. I honestly, I mean, I don't, I didn't really do much uh, homework on many of these players, but my first thought is I think the Jaguars are going to regret not taking Hutchinson. So the Jaguars took Trayvon Walker, then Aiden Hutchinson fell to two, and I knew that the Lions were not going to pass up on him. So Hutchinson goes to two. Um, our boy Stingley Jr., who a lot of people, like you said, had had him going to to Minnesota at twelve. He goes off at three, goes to Houston, and we're all like, "Well, there goes that idea." <laughs> um, <laughs> Shit, uh, we were, were saying more than that. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh, Sauce Gardner, the one that's already saying he's the best corner which uh, that threw me off. I didn't want him to, in Minnesota anyway after those comments. He goes off at four, goes to the Jets. Uh, and then Tavon Thibodeau, that's another guy that I kind of wanted in Minnesota. He goes off at five to the Giants. Uh, Akeem Ekwanu, is that how you pronounce that name? Yeah, perfect. They call him Icky. He had a diamond bur- pennant that said icky when he was on stage he should have done the icky shuffle (laughs) i think he's too big dude he was a huge dude (laughs) even the next guy who was six go ahead oh i was just gonna say he uh icky went off at six to carolina we thought that that might be a landing spot for one of the quarterbacks i thought maybe uh, malik willis but nope um, and then the, the guy you were just talking about uh, at number seven to the Giants again, uh, Evan Neal. He was a, a big guy too. Six seven three fifty offensive tackle started at Alabama for three years. You know, I really think when we look back, it's going to be between the Jets and the Giants for the best overall draft of the de- of the first round. And then at, at eight, um, the first wide receiver was taken off. Uh, Drake London went at eight uh, to Atlanta. And then at nine, another spot we thought maybe Malik Willis was going to go or one of the quarterbacks, but uh, we were wrong on there again. Uh, Seattle at nine took Charles Cross. Um, and then I, I think this is probably, I don't know, it. If you had to ask me, I think this is the best receiver in that were, was in this draft. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he went yes. to the Jets at number 10. Yeah, I think you were saying he, he's like a, they were comping him as a, a Stefan Diggs. Yep, exactly. Yeah. His route running and his ability to uh, break away and just the ultimate hands. Yeah, so that that was that would have been a good one for us to get too, but I I didn't see it <laughs> taking uh, a receiver anyway. So, um, and then the next pitch, number eleven, 
Uh, I think that that originally was Washington's pick. They traded that to the Saints. Um, they took a receiver, uh, Chris Olave. So he he's going to New Orleans. And then at twelve, we we covered that. That was the Vikings. We traded it to the Lions. Lions take Jamison Williams. Um, and all these the rest of these uh, players after this that we're gonna say. These are all the players that the Vikings passed on, yeah. Because, oh. because we traded our twelfth pick away. So, um, the next one, thirteen, uh, the Eagles. That was yep. uh, the big guy that ran faster than Patrick Mahomes in the combine. Jordan Davis. He's going to Philly. Hey. <laughs> yep, that's going to be interesting. We got to play Philly this year, DJ. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, for then, you guys, that, just one second, DJ. Uh, Thursday night, May 12th, they're releasing the actual NFL schedule. Yep. They give us a little foreshadowing at the draft that the opening night will be September 15th, and it's your boy Pat Mahomes versus Justin Herbert, the Chargers, yep. and L.A. versus the KC Chiefs. Thursday night football. Heck yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> and then at 14 uh this was a guy that was also uh in talks of maybe going to minnesota as well safety kyle hamilton he's going to baltimore we could have used him yeah six three two twenty run a four three forty dj <laughs> and then at 15 houston they uh, take Kenyon green that was a trade too. Now, now was this trade from the Dolphins? Um, I it says remember. from the Dolphins so to many the trades. I wonder what the pick what, what was traded in that. Now I think that had something to do with, or it could have uh, been uh, the uh, Cleveland trade for Deshaun Watson, maybe. No, me maybe. Through the Eagles, though, it says. I don't know. But they got that big old guard from Texas A&M there. Yep. And then at 16, Washington, they take Jahan Dotson. That that was a receiver, correct? Yep, wide receiver from yep. Penn State. Short yep. guy, comparable to um, Tyreek Hill. Ooh. Not quite, not quite as fast, but comparable. <laughs> I don't think anyone can ever be as fast as Tyreek Hill. Are you sad about that, DJ? Uh, kinda. I mean, yeah. the Chiefs being my kind of second favorite team, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll be the ultimate test for Pat Mahomes and not having Tyreek Hill. We'll see how he does this year. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. They got quite a list. Of, if we keep going here, we'll name a few more people. Receivers yeah, so at seventeen, least. yep. So at seventeen, uh, the the LA Chargers they take Zion Johnson, big horse from Boston College, DJ. He's really a yep. tough guy. And then at eighteen, um, now this is Braylon the one, Bert. DJ. Yep, I was just thinking that AJ Brown was involved. This is through the Eagles. So the Eagles traded 
this pick to Tennessee for A.J. Brown, and then Tennessee turned around. and re- This was one of the top athletic receivers out of Arkansas, Traylon Burks. And his comp is A.J. Green. <laughs> it was funny. No, A.J. Brown. <coughs> yeah, A.J. Brown. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said yeah. A.J. Green, but. Yeah, do you think it was a whole uh, a whole money deal? We got our money deals. We got our money right. <laughs> <laughs> straight player, straight money deal for the Eagles to get uh, AJ Brown for Tennessee to get him off the books and then draft. It was a great trade on both sides. I thought. Yeah. Did you but, see the extension he got? Yeah, it was. I don't remember the exact amount, but it was four it was years, one hundred million. DJ. Yeah. Wow, that's twenty five million a year. That's among the best in the league. And then at, at nineteen, uh, the Saints take Trevor Penning. Safe pick. Uh, and and then this next pitch, this yeah. really shocked me. So there, there's talks for weeks before the draft that the Vikings would trade down to 20 with Pittsburgh. That way, Pittsburgh to get a quarterback at 12. Yeah. Well, at this point, there's no quarterbacks taken off the board. So Pittsburgh has, at 20, Pittsburgh has the pick of the litter, any quarterback in the draft they want. And... I honestly think that they picked the wrong quarterback here. They go with Kenny Pickett. Now, I have my opinions and kind of um, not really, not visions. It's not DJ Domus here or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I just have an opinion that Kenny Pickett, they're going to regret pitching him. And I think he's going to end up being. Uh, a second or maybe third string quarterback and possibly even out of the lead in six, seven years. That's, that's my bold statement opinion about Kenny Pitchett. Well, DJ, I kind of agree with most of that. It's just, is he going to be forced to play too early and then run himself out of the league, which usually happens to young quarterbacks? I think it's happening to Baker Mayfield right now, buddy. Yeah. He was a Heisman Trophy pick. Yep. Top quarterback, top offensive player in the league, in the NCAA. Now he's without a home. I can't believe Cleveland did that, too. I've lost a lot of respect for the Browns. Me, too. To, To fill it with Watson, who's got so many question marks, DJ. Well. He's a great player, but off the field, he's not such a great per- person, I guess. Right. And then this next pick the, at 21, uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I don't I don't know if this it, – it might be a – Kansas City might have reached on this pick. They go with Trent McDuffie. Um. There was talk. There's a lot of talk that the Vikings would get him too, but I mean, I don't know. Do you think that they they reached on this pitch? 
to get Trent McDuffie. Maybe they could have got him later. I don't know. Uh, Kansas City must have saw something between 21 and 29. Somebody taking them. Uh, if you look at 20, the 23, they must have saw the Bills because they took Karim Elam at 23. There's a corner, so they're assuming that Trent McDuffie would have went off at 23, so they got ahead of Buffalo and picked him. But Trent McDuffie is the third, was the third corner rated overall, DJ. It's not a bad pick. But they had a first-rounder in Mike Hughes, and they let him walk. So this guy's about the same size as Mike Hughes. I don't know what the heck they were thinking, but <laughs> he's going to be expected to walk in and start, though. I know that much. Yeah. And then at, at 22, uh, our cheesehead rivals, the Green Bay Packers, uh, they take Quay Walker. Wow. Wow. He's 6'4", DJ. Then, 242 runs a 4, 437 at 240. And we got to face this defense twice a year. <laughs> He's a byproduct of that championship defense they had with the Bulldogs in Georgia. I think six of them got drafted in the first round, including Lewis Seen, our 32 pick. Yep. And then uh, at 23, uh, you kind of touched on this, Buffalo to Terry uh, Elam. And then uh, 24, Dallas Cowboys to Tyler Smith. And Weird then pick. And then at 25, this is where um, the Cardinals pick, I believe, and Baltimore traded away Hollywood Brown. Hollywood <coughs> Brown is going to be a Cardinal. Um, and Baltimore takes Tyler Linderbaum with that pick. Wow. Um, reuniting. Now it did... Uh... Did uh, Arizona already know that D-Hop was going to be suspended? I don't know. Maybe. I'm... It looks yeah, like a brilliant move now. Brilliant. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, no doubt it looks like a brilliant move now. And I mean, especially when D-Hop comes back after his suspension. Uh, they have Hollywood Brown and D-Hop. And then you got uh, Rondale Moore. You got Zach Ertz. You got A.J. Green. I mean, Tyler's wow. going to have weapons at his disposal, man. I hope he stays happy. I don't want to have the Arizona. I don't. I, I like Kyler Murray. So do I. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a good person, and I think he's a really good quarterback. Yep. But uh, I don't know what to think. Uh, our boy uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota will be the – Number one receiver with the Ravens this next season, and he's working out with Lamar Jackson in this offseason. So to get a All-American center out of Iowa who they've talked about and talked about and talked about in the Big Ten, uh, Baltimore played their cards pretty pretty good, I feel. And then at 26, uh, a guy that was also talked about from Minnesota, uh, the Jets taking Jermaine Johnson the second. Uh, wow. th I think that was a good pitch. I think 
they really got a a good uh, draft um, value there. Uh, I believe a lot of people had Jermaine Johnson going a lot earlier, and they got him at twenty six. Yeah. So they had a Daniel Jeremiah had him ranked nine on this board. Wow. So therefore, the Jets got three players in his top ten. Yeah. <laughs> and then at twenty seven, the the Jaguars, I believe, did they trade again to get to this pitch? Yes, they did. They traded yeah. back in. Yeah, and it was got from. It was from the Buccaneers. There you go. Yep. Yep. They and then they took uh, Devin Lloyd, and then uh, twenty-eight. Our Packer uh, rivals again. Uh, they took Devonte Wyatt. Well, they comp him to um the guy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't think of his name right now. Warren Sapp. Oh, He's six yeah, foot three, three oh four, and he runs a four seven. This Devontae Wyatt. So, <laughs> boy, we're gonna have some issues with the Green Bay D. I have a feeling, DJ. We took Zedarius from him. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll disrupt things really bad for their offense. I hope so. I mean, he he knows it better than anyone else on our team, probably because he used to be there. Yeah, exactly. Totally, DJ. And then the, this this next pick at twenty nine, uh, I think a lot of people were kind of like, I don't know, it is just a weird pick. I think a lot of people thought uh, the Patriots take Cole Strange. Uh, I have no idea. This is Cole Strange is really tall and lanky, and he doesn't filled out. So they do well with grooming offensive linemen, but why in the first round? He's out of a Division II school, DJ. Really? And the Patriots traded this this pick to, with the Chiefs. So they traded back to get Cole Strange. It's weird. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. strange. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then at 30 uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, they take George Carlaftis uh, yep. yep yeah he just came over from overseas DJ and got introduced his senior year to football he's been in at the at the game for four or five seasons he's a physical wow. freak <laughs> And then 31, uh, Daxton Hill goes to Cincinnati Bengals. Great pick. And then uh, we already talked about uh, the Vikings at 32, taking safety Lewis Seen. Um, 6'2", 200. I, I don't think I've seen it coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see it either. <laughs> The thing that my brother commented on was is he's one of those guys that wears his dreadlocks down past his nose. And Jamison oh. Williams was another example of that on draft night. So hopefully uh, those guys will get a haircut. 
All right. Well, that's that's the first round, um, and then now we're just going to go over um, all seven rounds for the Vikings. Um, so I got this visual here for you. Um, we kind of we touched on the first round already, Lucine. Um, so the second round, uh, we kind of mentioned it. Uh, we traded uh, the 34th pick to Green Bay for pitch. Uh, 53rd and the 59th. Um, yep. Then the Vikings trade the 53rd, 77th, and 192nd to Indianapolis for the 42nd and 122nd pitch. And then at 42, we find, finally get done trading in this round. And at 42, we take cornerback Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Now, we kind of said we both... Uh, like that pitch, so <clears throat> well, think... just a second, DJ. Uh, Andrew Booth didn't perform at the combine, so he didn't get an RAS score, which is uh, the scoring system that they give to all players that are at the at the combine. Now, Lewis Seen got a, a 9.89 grade, which usually relates to success in the NFL. So I'm interested to see, because Booth and pick four, Caleb Evans both did not go to the to the draft or to the combine. Sorry, and this Ed Ingram, uh, they had the next pick at 59 from LSU. He was the offensive lineman of the week for the Reese's Senior Bowl in 2022. And for some reason, Spielman did it, and now Quasey's doing it, where they go and recruit out at the, the Senior Bowl for these guys that have put in the effort. And I've heard a lot of good things about Ed Ingram. I, he's going to fight for a spot starting guard spot, obviously not the left guard because I'm pretty sure Ezra's got that nailed down, but we have a wide open race on the D- offensive line, DJ, between Garrett Bradbury and several others at center. And I don't know if Oli Udo is going to be able to retain his right guard spot, but we'll see. There's a lot of guys they picked up that are coming back into the mix. Yeah. So, and then in the third round, uh, with pick number 66, uh, we take linebacker. Brian Asamoa out of Oklahoma. He's my favorite heard, pick. I heard good things about him uh, from uh, the radio this morning. So he wore number twenty-four at Oklahoma, DJ. Oh yeah. So I don't know if he's a hybrid, but that's what my brother said. He's a hybrid, same as kind of Lewis Seen is a hybrid de- defensive back slash small linebacker. And awesome, I played a lot more linebacker than secondary, but he's a versatile dude. I really think that we look back on his first draft, we were all upset and frustrated. But his first four or first five picks might be the foundation of the Vikings moving 2022 to 2023. I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I, I hope I'm wrong with my frustration with this draft but only time will tell that that's the only thing i can say 
Yeah. And then in the let's see here, the fourth round, Vikings trade uh, pit one fifty six and the twenty twenty three fourth rounder to Cleveland for pit one eighteen, and that is where we uh, draft cornerback Ataleb Evans. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not exactly sure, but um, I think you just kind of touched on that uh, briefly earlier and a little bit now. Yeah. And then after that, the Vikings trade picks 122 and 250 to Las Vegas for picks 126 and one or 227. Then later... They then sent pick 126 back to Las Vegas for picks 165 and 169. So, hmm. in the fifth round, uh, the Vikings select uh, defensive line Asezi Atamawu at Atamawu. There you go, Asezi Ata- <laughs> Atamawu. He he yeah. played for the Gophers, so we all. I mean, uh, the Big Ten fans will, will remember that he is a work in progress, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one sixty nine, uh, we take running back Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, and I've heard uh, a couple people uh, on social media saying that uh, we got a. A starting running back. I mean, that that's how good he is. Obviously, he's not going to start over Dalvin Cook, but that's how good he is. That's what I've heard. So, well, I think we'll, we'll... Ty Chandler is going to battle it out with Nakana Nawangu, Kenny Nawangu, oh, yeah. and he's going to battle it out even with the backup. Alexander. He Madison. runs a three six or four three six. DJ. He's a speed back. <laughs> Alexander Madison is like a four eight, <laughs> so the, can, incomparable. It's about that fast. Yeah, and then after the fifth round, uh, the Vikings are finally done trading. Um, yeah, in the sixth round, uh, at pick one eighty four, we take uh, tackle. V- Vidarian Low out of Illinois. Yep. Yeah, good pick. And then at 191, we take wide receiver Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State. Now that might have been a steal in the sixth round getting this kid. This kid is a production guy. Catches, yards, he does it all. He's a Big Ten receiver. You know, a lot of good Big Ten receivers make it in the pros. You can even look at Stefan Diggs right off the top, but he's a Big Ten receiver. That He's about that size, too. Yeah, and I believe we got Stefan Diggs, what was it, in the fifth round? Did you know Stefan Diggs was a five-star recruit out of high school? He got an no, injury and got in trouble, and that's why – he ended up going to Maryland. He's, he went oh. to the Maryland ter, ter, Terrapins. And then the Vikings did their due diligence with him and said, this guy's coming to Minnesota. And th- speaking of him, 
There's my boy. <laughs> oh man. Stefan, the headless Stefan Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still drive Stefan Diggs jersey. I just I haven't worn it since he Don't cried get his way out of DJ. here. Don't get rid of it. I know you liked him. Yeah, he was my favorite player until he cried his way out of here. What do you think if we would have got rid of Thielen, though, and kept Jet and Diggs together? Uh, or heck, that why been... not have all three of them? <laughs> yeah, but without getting rid of Diggs, we would have never got Je- Justin Jefferson because we got that pick from the Bills. Who do you like better to put you on the spot, DJ? Who? Between who? Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. Uh, Jefferson? Look at all the records he broke in his first two years. Diggs didn't do that. That's interesting. I just, I like him. I like, I, I, I'm mad at Diggs, but I can't be. And I but think Jefferson. Was, I think Diggs was a little more explosive than Jefferson was or is. I compare Jefferson to Gumby. The guy can mold in any direction <laughs> to get the ball. And Diggs is so – if you hit his hands, it's an automatic catch. Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a picture of Gumby and make a TikTok on that one, DJ. Oh, <laughs> I have to try and f- figure out my uh, my <laughs> digital my digital uh, art, I guess you could say it, and try to put a Jefferson jersey on Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that would be awesome. There's a new nickname for Jefferson Gumby. <laughs> Oh, that's the guy. I'm not comparing him to a player. I'm comparing him to a superhuman. Gumby. I like Jefferson a lot. I have a lot of his rookie cards, so I'm going to bank on that for retirement. There you go. Million dollars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then. the seventh round, we we had one pick, uh, our last pick at two twenty seven, and that's uh, tight end Nick Muse out of South Carolina. I think you you got it on the notes as two twenty six, DJ. Oh, do I? Oh, yeah, I do. So I don't know which one it is. I can't. I didn't really watch much of the draft to be honest after pick four. So awesome, uh, uh, they started the draft at like noon, I think, on Saturday or eleven. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. The I think it is twenty-seven. I must have put it in the notes uh, notes wrong because <coughs> twenty-seven on my phone too. Yeah, I'm in, sure in that's a different what it place. is. <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh, our. Our draft class for the Vikings this year. We got ten uh, players in seven rounds. So, did you want to uh, talk about the draft class rating that we got from NFL.com, DJ? 
Yeah, we can uh, go over that quickly, and then uh, I got a little question about the draft here after we go over that. Okay. Um, I'm just going to – we were going to do a thing that you mentioned earlier about who had the best draft class. Yeah, that was can my question. That? Yep. Okay, That. all right. So I think uh, the Vikings received an A-minus draft grade for picks one – rounds one through seven. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to get too excited, but I am surprised. I'll put that's the word I want to use. What word would you use, DJ? Uh, um, right off the bat, I was, to put it in a nice way, uh, very upset, uh, furious. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I'll have to go with you uh, right now and be uh, very surprised. Um this is not how I pictured the draft going for us, but like I said no, before, it, 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 it's a gamble. So yeah, we, we we won't know until you know time goes on and we see how these players go, how, how they play and how they perform, and yeah, only time will tell. So. It's like we were talking about, you said, you know, all the players after number 12, from 12 to 31, was there one guy in there that you really thought we should have had? I mean, I know we all thought Stingley. Mm-hmm. Um, I know me and you had talked briefly about Malik Willis falling, and maybe he was going to be the selection at 32 or 42 or 34 or how we traded so much it was so confusing and that's one thing that really ticked me off it's like you it's your first draft as a gm and a head coach and you guys dink around and trade back and trade up and trade down and trade around and mm-hmm. it's like don't you have a board of players and then they brought up this thing dj that they used the 1980s jimmy johnson model did you hear about that Yep, I I I texted you that, and that's yeah. It's some draft board that Jimmy Johnson made up, some draft point system or something. And it's like, dude, you're gonna go off of that off your for your first draft. At I don't know, but was he trying to, to be? Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, going back to, is there any players between thirteen and thirty-one? Um, the two that I could think of is uh. Kyle Hamilton and yeah. uh, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Um, Jermaine being a Minnesota kid went to Eden Prairie, which is a high school in Eden Prairie. Um, for me, uh, I really wanted the big man, Jordan Davis, the 6'7", 340-pounder that runs a 4'7", or a 4'8". And he went and right I, after 12. He went on. He went off at 13. Yep. He went off at 13, and our boy, your boy Kyle Hamilton that you mentioned went off at 14. So, I mean, honestly, DJ, why didn't we just take a receiver? There was so many, so much receiver talent in this draft. Why did we stay at 12 and just upgrade the receiver room? I don't know. We got to get a line to Twacy so you can ask him. <laughs> I just think it's just totally interesting. They, if they're going to run this run and gun offense with KLC, 
uh, similar to what they had going with Rob Woods, Odell Beckham, and your boy, Cup. Jamison Williams looks like he's ready to play. But he's going to start the season on the PUP list. I think that's why we passed on him. Yeah. So okay, DJ. Going, going to the um, the question I was going to ask: Who who do you think won this draft? Who who had the best draft? Well, um, you want to uh, say it on like they do in Step Brothers: one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we, we just we just say it at the same time. Okay, ready? So, one, one two, two, three, three. New York New Jets. York Jets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> you want to go Velociraptor. Let's do that again. <laughs> What are those guys doing? In there? We're building bunk beds. Can we do it? So, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, dude, the oh. Jets won it hands down. Plus, their second round pick was a winner, too, with Brees Hall. That yeah. running back from Iowa State, dude. They have four potential starters in their first four picks. That's why when I said it earlier, I didn't want to spill my guts about the Jets and the Giants, but I think them two had the first the best first first round and the best overall draft. Mm-hmm. Definitely the Jets. I mean, you get a shutdown corner in Sauce who they're comparing to an all-time favorite Jeff in Cromarty. That was the kid the guy with 13 kids that I was trying to remember that time. You remember that DJ? Oh yeah. His name was Antonio Cromarty. You'll have to look him up. That's who they compared Ahmed Sauce Gardner to. And then they go and get the top receiver from Ohio State in the lookalike Stephon Diggs and Garrett Wilson or Ohio State. And then they trade back in the first round and take the top 10 overall predicted player in Jermaine Johnson from Florida State out of Eden Prairie who went to Georgia, then transferred to Florida State. I got a prediction, DJ. He's going to have 12 sacks as a freshman. 12 Ooh, sacks as an NFL freshman. Yeah, we better write. That's Gang Green now, DJ. And I want to let you know <laughs> yep. you were right. Debo Samuel, they offered the number 10 pick for Debo on draft night. Well, but it, it, I won't be right until, until and if it becomes true because obviously they – they passed on it, but oh, I think it's still going to happen. Do you imagine that team with Garrett Wilson and Debo on the same team with Brees Hall in the Man. backfield? This is just <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. The Jets might be good this year. Yeah, that'll be a surprise. That'll be kind of nice to see too, though. Honestly. I'm always pumped up for draft season, DJ. I don't think I missed one since I was eight years old. It's just something me and my brother usually do. And this year I kind of got to experience the first round with you Thursday night. I had a good time, and I like texting back and forth. You probably should have came over, but uh, maybe (laughs) next year we'll get together and do a live show. I I know a lot of people were talking live uh, that night about the draft, so why not throw our two cents in the ring? Right. 
All right. Well, um, we might next episode we might uh, might throw a little more draft talk in there. I know it's hard to get it all in one episode. So, um, but before we wrap up here, I got one more trivia question for you, JJ. Okay. <laughs> all right. Which of these receivers did not catch at least a hundred touchdown passes in their career? Steve Largent, Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, or Tim Brown? I got to say right off the bat, it's the first position, Steve Largent. You are incorrect. So now it's a trick. Tim Brown played so darn long, he had to have had 100. Uh, I'm pretty sure CC had 100. Was it Michael Irvin? Yep, that blew my mind. He finishes. He only had sixty-five. What? He's Hall of Fame, DJ. He's Hall of Fame. That's why I was like, "Wow, what?" Huh? Unbelievable. <laughs> I knew CC had a hundred, but I wasn't sure about Larger. But all of them are Hall of Famers. Hmm. So. I suppose uh, big games and Super Bowls definitely help you get a gold jacket. Right. Like for Michael. Yep. Hey, DJ, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, the overall team grades next time and maybe include a little bit of the undrafted rookies that were signed, if we can find any that are – on surprisingly on different teams that we thought would get drafted. Yeah. We did, we did work something out for uh, the next episode. So, All right, cool. Uh, be, be on the lookout for that. Uh, some coverage on that for uh, the next episode next week. So, um, yeah, that's all. That's all we got for you tonight. Uh, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our social media pages and YouTube channel. The link is in the description. Um, yeah, from, uh, DJ and JJ on a Monday night this week, uh, we will see you next week in the next episode. See ya. Peace.